Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mode, the thoughts that get you out of the mode, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 111, Dreams and Disasters. Dreams and Disasters. Dun, dun, dun. So, obviously, that's kind of like a positive and negative, or is this like reality and we're going to talk about literally what it says, dreams and disasters? We are going to talk about both, and by doing so, even though one sounds super negative... Um, by discussing it, it's actually going to be a very positive thing. And I think our goal in this is to help people to discuss their dreams, to make them come true, mm-hmm. and also to, to discuss disasters, to be more prepared for them so that we're living more in the present. That is 100% what we're going to do. Well, let's do it now then. <laughs> let's do it. Hello, oh, everybody. That's right. The reason we wanted to talk about this is because a lot of times when we see clients that are struggling and couples that are struggling, what we've noticed is that they spend a lot of time thinking either too much about things of the past, right? It becomes very unbalanced and their thoughts are just wrapped up and look at all these things from the past. And it might not even be related to their spouse directly. Not just the past, though. So people who dwell on the past and then people who may worry about the future. Yes. And in so doing, they forget to do the things necessary to live life and to enjoy life, but also to um, fulfill their dreams and the things that they want to accomplish in life. So it's all the above, right? It's not just one thing or another, but we're going to, we're going to go through kind of the different scenarios. Yes. And I think the trap is it's just natural to worry about the future. And I think what we don't sometimes realize is that we may feel like our worrying is very noble and productive, but what ends up happening is if we spend so much time with our thoughts, worrying about the future, that can turn into a a lot of different forms of actual anxiety and but it it robs us of being present in the moment and enjoying all the wonderful things that happen in the present i feel like you're talking to me i'm not talking to you i'm just looking at i you. tend to do this though <laughs> i tend to think a lot about being prepared and i i think a lot about kind of the situation that we find ourselves in in the in the world and the chaos of you know, what's going on in the media and government and personal life and all those things, because I want to take care of my family. I want to be prepared. I want to provide like as a, from a man's point of view, I worry about these things because I want to be able to protect my family as well. So in in that case, are you saying that that possibly can be I I can go overboard doing that? Of course. Anyone can go overboard in anything. And so this is, we're definitely not saying don't do those things, right? We're not saying eliminate it. No, that's not the goal. The goal is to have an increased awareness of how much time you're spending either in the past 
or in the future, okay. thinking about the future, and just to have that awareness so that it is not robbing you of how much time you're actually spending in the present. And we've, I don't know if you guys have heard this quote, but I love this quote. It says, the best present is to be present. Yeah. So I have found that I, I have fallen into this trap where if I could be sitting in the living room next to you and surrounded by our kids and half engaged in conversations, but my mind can easily be thinking about things that I need to do or that project I need to get done. And I'm not even really in the present. I'm physically there and yeah. I can respond, but like my mind is somewhere else. And so I'm not even enjoying the present and I'm actually not being super effective if I'm trying to think about the future and actually solve for things that might go wrong. And for many of us, including myself, we have this new technology that doesn't help with this at all. And that's our phones. Right, it's really easy to be there with your family. You can, you might be be on vacation or out to dinner or whatever. I can't tell you how many times we've been out to dinner talking, and you look around the restaurant, and you have couples and even the whole families, and everyone's just on their phone. Yeah, you know, checking their social media or whatever. I don't know what they're doing, but they're on their phones. And I know they're probably not all necessarily on their phones. It just becomes a habit. Right. And that that has become our social norm is we think that we're present when we're really not. And it's deceptive. It really is. So as we talk about this, just be honest with yourself. Right. If if you are honest with yourself and you realize as you listen to us that maybe you haven't been as present as you should be, the good news is you can start being more present like right now. That's so true. And that's great. And so the goal is to really increase your awareness of where your thoughts are and where your thoughts spend their time. Time is so valuable. And if we're like not even really present in our present moments, man, that's going to wreak havoc in the long run. Um so we do need to spend some time thinking about the future. That's healthy. It's productive. We just need to make sure that we're not spending so much time there that, you know, we're neglecting things that need to be, that should not be neglected. Here's the other trap. And then we're going to start talking about what to do about them. But the other trap is if we find ourselves going, oh, once the kids get older, then we're going to do that. Or yeah. once we do... X, Y, and Z, then we're going to start thinking about our dreams. So let's talk about the reality is that there is never the perfect time that we imagine is coming in our mind in the future where everything's going to be just right, where now's the time that we're going to take that one trip that we've been wanting to take for 20 years. Now's the perfect time to whatever it is. We always think there's going to be this perfect moment even if something makes sense, right? Like there are certain things that you do have to wait until you have enough money to do it. And maybe you're saving. It doesn't mean that we're, we're not going to tell you when it comes to your dreams, just drop everything and be irresponsible about no. it. But we will talk about how you can start the process of fulfilling your dreams now, even if it's down the road a few years. Yes. And you're going to be able to start enjoying that dream sooner than later as you are planning it and preparing for it. And you know, maybe you and your spouse can sit down and say, okay, look, this is a dream we have. 
And we've always said, well, as soon as the kids are grown or as soon as, you know, Bitcoin hits a certain number or <laughs> whatever it is for you. Right. Right. Maybe you can't go do your fulfill your dream today, but you can start talking about it and start planning it. And we're going to give you a really simple way to do this. But if you're really honest with each other and if you're willing to at least start talking about it and start taking off the things that need to be done or even start working toward whatever those goals are, you're going to be able to fulfill those dreams. And so getting back to like the original topic of this dreams and disasters, we've talked about the things we worry about in the past or maybe the future. Those are kind of the disasters and the negative side of worrying about things. Great. You need to think about those things to whatever degree is healthy for you. You have to decide how much of a ratio in your life you think about those things. And now we're talking about dreams and how to fulfill them. Okay. So those are the two main things, both healthy, but there has to be balance in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about now. It's so true. I'm going to share a personal example that's like, doesn't sound like a fun one, but it's, it was so needed for us. So I think you and I had a dream <laughs> and it's probably not going to sound like a dream of a, like a dream vacation or a dream car or anything like that. But when we first got married, we were both still in school and we came with some debt and we also incurred more debt in the beginning of our marriage. I think you came with more debt. Than I, I came with more school debt for oh, sure. Yeah, I was like, wow, what am I marrying into? <laughs> and so we made it, one of our dreams was to not carry school debt around into the 20th year of our marriage. We were like, this is going to be one of the first things that we do when we are able to do it. When we start making money, we are going to pay off our student loans as fast as we can. Now, that doesn't sound like a sexy dream, but it was sexy in yep. its own way because totally. we worked so hard to get out of that debt and pay off those debts so that from that moment on, we didn't feel that weight of, oh, we still have to pay this off. We still have to pay this off. Every extra dollar that we got during that time went to pay off the debt. It was not like, well, let's not really pay it off and let's do like all these other things. It was like, yeah. let's let's accomplish this dream and we're going to feel amazing. Well, we prioritized our dreams and there were things that we had to put off to fulfill that dream and that was to be out of debt. And look, we were, we were in debt with a house and you know we had a car or two that we went into debt on. But as far as student loans and the debt we incurred early on in our marriage... We decided to get rid of that debt within the first few years, yeah. really. I mean, it was, I think we were probably five or six years into our marriage and a couple years out of school that we paid off our debt. Yeah. And we got really blessed to be able to do that. But that was a sexy dream for us. It was. And it wasn't something that happened automatically. If we hadn't planned it and budgeted it out, budgeted it out, we would never have fulfilled that dream. And yeah. We would still have debt yeah. from school. Now, we still have debt from other things, but we feel like going through that experience really helped us to prioritize and manage the kind of debt we wanted to get into in the future too. It had to mean something. It had to have value and to not just get into debt for any reason because we knew how hard it was to pay it off. Yeah, so true. So I, I wanted to just throw that out because it's such an 
maybe a different example than what you might be thinking of. But for us, that was, it was a dream. Like we wanted to be out of debt. We did not want it. It wasn't just a goal. It was actually something we really looked forward to. It was something we could work together toward. Yeah. And I think it brought us closer. And we talk about different kinds of intimacies. There is financial intimacy. Yeah. There is dreaming intimacy. There is preparedness intimacy. Like all these things that you do together as you set these goals it will increase your connection together. And again, this is beyond sex. This is something that really is indirectly tied to the physical intimacy that we think about most of the time when we think about intimacy, but it is so incredible and joyful to be able to work towards something together. Yeah. And so anyway, take that for what it's worth. Okay, so let's dive into, we're going to give you some really clear, basic and easy things to do to help you get um, more focused on dreams and disasters and not let them, either one, rob us of the present, but they're actually going to enhance how we experience the present. So get out a paper and a pen. This is going to be really easy to do. The first thing we want you to do is write down together your three biggest dreams. And look, if your husband or your wife isn't sitting here watching this with you and it's like, don't wait. Right. Right. Do this alone. And then yes. when you feel like the time is right, sit down and talk to him and experience another type of intimacy, which is planning intimacy, which is really sexy, actually. But, you know, whether you're together or not, that doesn't matter so much. Just write this stuff down. Yes. So write down those big dreams, the three top ones that... If you don't accomplish them, let's say you were to pass away 20 years from now, these would be the ones where you were like, dang it, I really wish I would have done those three things. Those are the three I really wanted to do. Okay, so we want you to get those down on paper. We want you to actually take the time so that you, you write them and you can see them. Your brain can see them. Manifest them. Manifest. From your brain to paper. It makes uh, those dreams, you're taking another step into the reality. And now the first thing you do, writing that down, that actually is a step toward fulfilling that dream. It's so true. Because you're, you're choosing that dream over a million other options. Yeah. You're saying, this is the one I want to take action towards. Now, for each of those three dreams that you have written down, we want you to write three steps that will get you closer to the dream. It doesn't mean the only three that will help you accomplish it, but the next three steps that you need to take to get closer. So if let's say this is a dream to go to Greece. If, to, if right now is the first time you're saying, this is actually one of the dreams I want to work towards, I've always wanted to go there, once you write it down, the next thing is to be like, okay, what's the first thing I need to know about traveling to Greece? It's probably going to be doing some research and finding out what the price is. Yeah. So you could just write down as step number one, research cost. You know, research the cities, research airlines, whatever it is. We want you to write down three steps, three things that need to be done just to get you that much closer to being able to fulfill it. Your first step might be talk to my husband about it. 
It could be. Right? It might be um, open up the discussion with him or talk to my wife and start talking about the realities of us going to Greece. And maybe your first step is even think about what you want to say to them so that you can convince them to at least start this process with you. So it totally is up to you. But if you're taking these three steps, you're going to be closer to going to Greece, if that's your dream or whatever your dream is. And then after those three, those three steps are done, then you're going to have more steps that you need to take to make it a reality. This is just to get you started and to help you understand you can start to fulfill that dream today. It might not be completed until five years from now or 10 right. years from now, but it will happen sooner if you start this process. Yeah. So we're actually in this process ourselves. There are a couple um, things that we've had as dreams that we actually hadn't talked about for a couple years probably. And this last week, we have brought this up quite a bit and we're saying, let's discuss these dreams. What's the reality of them? We actually could accomplish them if we start this process that we're talking to you guys about right now. And so these discussions that we've had in the last week have been so fun to just start exploring and throwing ideas out. We've thrown out so many ideas. We're not making any plans on them because they're just the ideas. It's just the brainstorming, the fun of it. Yeah. And so part of this process is being able to allow your brain to enjoy it. And that makes you and allows you to enjoy the present of what you're doing right now. Yeah, so you're talking about the present. Yes. And what you're saying about our experience in talking about all these things, we're just enjoying being together talking about them. I know. Like, that alone has been awesome because it gives us something to talk about and something to plan together. And that is something that has brought us closer together. Yes, so true. Okay, so... um. Now that you have done that for your three dreams, we also want to help you not fall into the trap of getting stuck only thinking about future disasters. So we want you to do the exact same process for the future disasters that seem to take up the most of your brain space. So the ones that you're most worried about. Of course, we could be worried about like 5,000 different things that could happen, but I really, we really want you to dig deep and say, but what is my brain doing right here? Is my brain focused on what's happening across the world right now? Or is my brain actually really focused and worried? Like, um, what if we actually have a really big earthquake? What if that is the most worrisome fear that you have about what could go wrong um, in your future as a married couple or with your family? Dig deep and find, find the three that actually take up the most brain space. And those are the ones we want you to write down. After you write down those three, we want you to do the same thing and write down three ways that you will actually respond to those three, those three disasters. So in a way, you're kind of making like a preparedness plan mm -hmm. so that you can stop worrying about it and stop spending your energy in that spin cycle of worry and say, well, if this happens, I've already decided what I'm going to do. I've already made that plan. Yeah. 
And now I can feel confident that when those things come up, if they come up, I know what I'm going to do. Well, it's also a prevention plan too. Like you're, yes. you're preparing for those things you're worrying about. And as you pre- prepare, you are mitigating the risk that you're really worried about, right? So if there's an earthquake... The example that you use is, okay, well, if there's an earthquake, then I'm worried about, you know, my family getting harmed. I'm worried about what if communication gets cut off between me and my spouse and my kids, okay? All right, well, those are the the real downsides to the earthquake, right? Not the earthquake in and of itself. It's the effect of the earthquake, the consequences of the earthquake on your family. So as you prepare for that, you will begin to, prevent those potential disasters and how they actually affect you. Yeah. So let's say that your biggest worry is, oh, there's going to be an earthquake and I'm not going to be able to get a hold of my kids. Okay, we'll put a plan in place. If this happens, then this is where we're going to meet or this is how we're going to communicate. Put a walkie-talkie in their backpack, you know, and keep a walkie-talkie at home, like whatever it is. So now all of a sudden, if something happens and you can't get a hold of them through a phone, well, now you can get a hold of them through the walkie-talkie. I mean, I don't know how realistic that is for you or not. That's a way to prevent that worry, though. Yeah. So you'll start worry, you know. So you'll start to resolve those concerns and prevent the impact of that disaster. Yes. So it's preparedness and prevention, and you might not be able to prevent everything. No. But you will be prepared and much better off, and be in a place where you're not worried about it as much. Because now all of a sudden you've taken steps to mitigate the downsides of that disaster. So true. Now I'm going to throw something out and this is probably going to seem way out in left field, but I have also seen the benefits um, of going through an exercise like this, especially I would say more with female clients because a lot of them have a deep fear that their husband is going to cheat on them, that there's going to be an affair. And whether there are any signs of it or not, this is a fear. I would really like to offer that you go through this exact same exercise with that fear. You'll be surprised at what you come up with as like, okay, what if my husband does have an affair? What am I going to do? What, what are the biggest concerns I have is how that will affect me? What am I most worried about? And then start to make sure those things are in place, that you're taking care of them. Like if I've seen many women who are like, I don't even know who our insurance carrier is. I don't know who does our taxes. Or the bank, all the money is, which banks, you know, what are our investments, all those things. Right. And so as you start to face, these fears and address them and say, let's, I'm going to prepare myself. That's actually being very mature. You're going to feel that stress and anxiety start to come down, knowing that you've considered it, you've thought about it, you've put a plan in place and that you don't have to have these deep fears lurking in the back of your mind, robbing you of your experience with your spouse now. And if you have that fear, I you should have that conversation with your husband because women have that fear. You know what? Men have that fear too. It's true. Not just about their wife, 
but about themselves. It's true. Because like I have those moments when I'm like, gosh, I cannot imagine doing that. But I fear that I'll take some step here or there, put myself in a situation. And, you know, it happens all the time to people. So you have to think about it as a reality for yourself. Well, if you're having that conversation, now all of a sudden we can say, you know what? One of your fears is that I might have an affair. Well, I, I worry about that too because I don't I don't want to ever find myself in a situation where I'm alone with a woman. Yeah. Okay, so now all of a sudden I can put rules in place, which I have. Don't ever ride in the car with a woman alone. Yeah. Don't be in your office. <clears throat> don't be in your office alone with a woman if there's not a window or door or something, some way that others can see in, right? Hold yourself accountable in a way that is not, you know, closing your eyes or ignoring the temptation, like embrace the temptation, right? That temptation is going to be there from time to time in your life, right? You're going to have thoughts that, right? We all have thoughts that we don't like that are naughty thoughts. It's, it's what you do with those thoughts, right? That, that determines whether you're doing good or not. Yes. So that conversation can be really, really helpful. And it, and by putting certain rules in place, It'll give confidence to your wife or your husband, and you'll put rules in place that will help you to avoid any of those temptations. So, and you can do that with anything. It doesn't have to be about the affair. It could be about getting hurt doing, um, you know, a risky sport or something like that. Yes. Right? Whatever it is. Yes. But talk about it and be open with each other and and non-judgmental. Just be mature about it and talk about it in in a way that brings you closer. Right, because if you don't talk about it and you're worried about it, guess what? You're going to get farther and farther apart. Oh yeah. But if you're worried about it and you start talking about it, you will come closer together. If you're both able to have compassion for each other and some empathy for the the worry that is real. Yes, so true. So I just wanted to throw that out because that's not always going to be the obvious thing that comes up, but I know that that really lurks in the back of a a lot of people's minds and being able to go through this process is actually really beneficial. Uh, yeah. Another one is health issues, right? I'm yes. really worried that my husband's going to have a heart attack. Well, what can you do about that now? Well, we can start eating better. We can start working out, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Again, it doesn't mean it's never going to happen. Right. But now all of a sudden you're doing something to prevent that and also talking about it in terms of what if that does happen? What if you do die younger than we would like either one of you yeah. right so start thinking about end of life planning and that just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean it's gonna you're gonna jinx yourself and it's gonna happen no okay so now that we've talked a little bit about you know getting these three dreams and three disasters on paper there's two more things we want to encourage you to do while you're in this process so the next one is that as you are discussing your dreams together and even the disasters would be to really also make sure you include um, focusing on how you're going to connect through that process. So let's say you guys are talking about some of your dreams and let's say, let's just use the, the Greece example. Like think about how you want to connect while you're in Greece, right? Not just the fun of going to Greece and the beauty of Greece or the food of Greece, but like what's what's one experience you would want to have where you're like, oh, I really want to, 
you know, scuba dive in the one of the seas near Greece with you. I want to be able to look at you under the water and know that you're there with me. That's one thing, one way I want to connect with you. So it's a way to make this so much more personal and to be able to continue to build that relationship in the present. Because even though you're talking about the future, you're thinking about that connection now. And because that's going to be a positive thought, you're going to feel positive emotions towards your spouse right then and there. So imagine, and this is the last part that the next step I want you to take as you're thinking about your dreams is to imagine and think about how to take that type of connection and in one way allow it to spark and ignite an intimate moment with each other. That sounds good to me. And so, again, when if we're thinking about Greece, and I'm looking at all the things that are available to experience in Greece, I want to make sure I actually say, how would I want to be romantic with you in Greece? This is such a fun experience for your brain. And it does awesome things for how you envision your life together as a couple. If let's say you can't get to Greece for three years, we can imagine, or I can imagine, thinking, I want to be at one of those white hotels on the shores of Greece, and I want to make out with you on the balcony. Mm -hmm. Now that image in my mind over the next three years as I think about that is fabulous. Yeah. This is a natural igniter. It's a natural way to allow the wonderful, you know, libido to come through in a way that is not forced or where you're like, come on, Shelly, try to get in the mood. No, yeah. allow yourself to imagine being romantic, as romantic as you want in Greece. You keep that in your back pocket. Totally. Right. You can you can tap into that anytime. Yes. So this is part of it. As you're thinking about your dreams, imagine the fun of it, imagine a deep connection, and then imagine how those things can lead to a romantic and intimate experience together in whatever place or whatever dream it is that you have. This is, again, life coaching is so based on what our thoughts are doing. So let's put some fabulous, wonderful, connecting and romantic thoughts in on purpose. I love it. Okay. Any final notes as we wrap things up? No, that's great. Okay. So for this week, we want you guys to actually do this. We want you to write down your three dreams, write down your three disasters, and get three actionable things under each one. Do it this week. And watch how your brain goes to work and watch how some of the emotions get a little fired up in a really good way. We know it will happen. Yeah, and you'll be able to enjoy being in the present more as you reconcile some of these things that you think about. That's so true. Because remember, the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself, the more you restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope you will join us again next week.